Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm here, as always, with former NFL player James Loving. James, what kind of week did you have? Same old thing, you know. We're going to go by and do what you can do with it. Did you watch football games this weekend? Actually, I didn't. I'm watching that. didn't want to watch it. Uh. I heard the results, so. It is what it is. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the outcomes of those games um, and on a few other things. But, yeah, so, so I watched. And, and a lot of comments that I heard from people were most of the games were boring except uh, the, the Saints and Eagles game. You know, that was the only one that was actually, you know, one that was, was interesting. The rest of them were, were the games were, were just boring. You know, is it, I mean, you know, looking at the scores, you know, there there was a little bit of competition, but you know, but of course, I watched the games, and the outcome was pretty much set from the beginning uh, with with the other three games. But you know, can people really just say they were boring? I mean, well, I guess they said they're boring because they look at the playoff game to be a little closer, so. You know, I think most of them was blowouts and stuff. Or you said, like the Eagles, it was a close game. It could have went either way with the last, you know, possession of the game. So I think that's why they were saying boring. You know, but they don't look to see no blowouts. But hey, the better team showed up, and the other team just wasn't there. That's how you got to look at it. Playoff, win or go home. Yeah, yeah. It, it was unfortunate, but it was. It, I still watched all, all of them, all four of them. I was there. I was uh, very anxious during the, the Eagles Saints game because, you know, I, I I really wanted to see the Eagles pull an upset because usually there's at least one, at least one upset in at this at this part. But you know, there was there wasn't any, and that was unfortunate. So anyway, well, James, let's let's start. Let's go ahead and talk about last week's games. I, I know you didn't watch them, but I know you you heard about everything, and you know you kept up to date with what what happened. So. Um, so the first game was the Indianapolis Colts played at the Kansas City Chiefs. We know that the Kansas City won 31-13. to um, Indy was supposed to have this great offense, great, great defense, but what happened? Well, I think Indy went in there and um, they just weren't prepared, you know. Um, they were on that little hot streak, and they went in there just like you say. You just, they weren't prepared, and I didn't see the game. I couldn't say you know, it looked like New England just shot out front and, and then they know how to come back from it. Um, yeah. So um, that happens in the playoffs. Like they said, if you get down by, you know, two or three touchdowns in the playoffs, it's over because you're doing out of context what you want to do, you know. Most of you pass and try and get back in the game. So I think that's what happened with Indy. Well, I know something that we've talked about previous years has to do, you know, with, with, with getting that, that bye week. And sometimes that bye week hurts you, but it didn't appear to hurt any of the teams this year. I mean, moving forward, do you think it's, it's definitely in, in, in their favor to get that bye week to help their team heal and rest? Well, it don't hurt you with that. But I mean, it helps you if you got somebody that's a key player for injuries. That's the only thing I can see in helping. You know, everybody say you had that long layoff. It don't matter. You know it's playoff. You have more time to prepare. But the only way it helps you is if you have, like, one of your star players is injured, it gives him another week to heal. So that's all it does. Right. Because, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't know exactly who you're going to be playing, playing against, you know. It could be any number of, of four teams, basically, that you could be playing against based on, you know, who wins, who loses. But So you can't really practice for one team in particular. But, you know, I, I, I do think that, that that week off, you know, that rest, you know, sometimes that, that hurts a team. But, you know, it didn't seem to hurt any of these guys this time. But anyway, all right, so let's talk about uh, the Dallas Cowboys at the L.A. Rams. Um, again, we know that the Rams ended up winning thirty to twenty. Uh, did people put too much trust in the Dal- into Dallas, and they failed to deliver? 
No, I think Dallas just got by Seattle, which they shouldn't. Um, they surprised Seattle. Seattle was a better team, but like you say, playoffs, you could be the better team and don't win. Dallas got past them, but everybody knew they weren't going to get past um, the Rams. So uh, that's how it is, you know. Uh, you know what team you're going to be, beat. You know what team you're not. And, and Dallas has got to take it to them. You know, Rams took it to him, and like I said, it took him out of that game. You know, Zeke had 47 yards rushing. Normally, they're giving him the ball, but they had to go out of their character and start passing because they got down. So once you get taken out of your game plan, you know, it's hard to win the game. Okay, well, well so, so let's talk about that. So we know that Ezekiel Elliott, he was held to a total of 47 rushing yards. Um, there, there's other ways to bring Zeke into the game, and that's with passing the ball. You know, he should be more involved on both rushing and passing, but it's like they, they, they forget that part with him. Not really, because what he would do, he would do swing yards, and that's only about five, five or six yards. That was he only got ni- yards 19 there. yards with passing, though. He only got 19 yards with that's passing. That's what I'm which, saying. That's what I'm saying. A player at his caliber, he should be getting somewhere, no, you know, at least 100 yards a game, if not more, especially in a no. playoff game. No, not the running back, because the running back don't run routes like that. Running backs only run routes out of the backfield, and that's 5 or 10 yards. So that's not the, the thing. You don't see no running back running like the receivers, 15, 20, 30-yard routes. That's why he don't have that many. I don't really get many if he catches the ball, if he breaks it down the sideline, and that's a rare. So the route the running back runs don't get that many yards. Okay. So that's so not it, a thing it, to do. So the the their um the Cowboys offensive coordinator, you know, he's he's under the gun this year. Um, you know, do, do you think that he 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 should be the one to to blame for the loss? No, I mean, Dallas was not going to beat them. You know, there's nobody was going to beat them. I mean, they could blame him, blame Garrett, what they've been blaming all two people want to get rid of him, but now they're going to give him a new contract because they won one playoff game. they still the same Dallas team they were years ago, you know, don't win playoffs, you know. They just happened to win against Seattle. If they were lost against Seattle, they would have fired everybody. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I, I I still question what what happened. You know, Dallas has you know so far has had a pretty decent defense, but it, they weren't. You know, they where were they? You know, where were they on during the game? Yeah, throw them off guard. Look what you know. Um, they were running the ball, racking up all the yards, and that took Dallas out of there. What they do? You know, pressure on the quarterback. They was running the ball. They both backs had over 100 yards rushing. So, right. you know, you got to get hands right. off to that rushing game, you know. Uh, and it took Dallas defense. Same thing with offense. If something's going wrong for you, it throws you off your game plan. And they had no game plan hmm. for that. They didn't think they were going to have 200-some yards rushing. Yeah, so speaking of which, um, Gurley had 115 rushing yards, and C.J. Anderson had 123 yards. So yeah, that was that was very impressive what they did, and I, I think I think you're right. I think it just totally threw Dallas for a loop with what they did, and they they couldn't make any corrections even at halftime. They couldn't correct to <laughs> to, to defend it. So hats off to the Rams. So uh, you know I, I I don't know. I just I just think that the the Dallas Dallas was was totally. <laughs> discombobulated the whole game, and you know, I I, I think they just they needed they they, they just were were out outplayed all around. So good job, Rams. Um, you know what? Let's take a first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Chargers and Patriots, and then we'll talk about your Eagles versus the Saints. So we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm here with former Philadelphia Eagles NFL player James Loving. Uh, so, James, uh, before we took a break, we talked about the the two uh, two of the Saturday games that happened last week. Now, I want to talk about the L.A. Chargers uh, at the New England Patriots. You know, again, we know the Patriots ended up winning forty-one to twenty-eight. You know, the final score made it appear to be closer than it was. You know, basically, the Chargers they struggled to make points until the fourth quarter. So, a question to you: Was this due to playing at Gillette Stadium and their fans? Nah, they ain't got no fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then what? What? I've been hearing that they really don't want the Chargers there. You know, so um, they really ain't got no fans. I think they said the people of San Diego still upset, so they're not really going to the games. That's why they put them in that soccer stadium. It only holds what seven thousand. Who is that? that I heard. Huh. I yeah, didn't realize that. Low it's that money. low. Yeah. Yeah, that so, is um, super low. So they weren't happy about them. So, you know, like I said, Chargers got to get, you know, win something to make the fans, you know, stop being pissed off. Because you always know how when Cleveland moved with Baltimore. Remember when Cleveland moved with Baltimore with the same Cleveland yeah. was pissed off. You know, so they'll get over once they, I mean, start winning, start winning that fan back. You know, I think the only team in the NFL that they could move to them by the way out Africa and still be fans of the Raiders. You know, Raiders <laughs> fans. So they are they are pretty dedicated. Yeah. So well, they are pretty dedicated. That so so what so what what was wrong with the the Chargers? Were they just totally outplayed, or were they just outmaneuvered? What 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 was the what was the issue? Well, I think they was overconfident. I mean, they knew that he was a better team all the way around. And then went in there thinking they were going to run through them, you know, and they didn't. And they got um, the butt shows. And that's what happens, you know, when you think you're going to run through somebody because your team on paper looks better and is better, you know, you still got another professional team on the other side of that ball playing too. You know, Cleveland proved that. You know, everybody thought Cleveland was just horrible. But, shoot, you still got professional guys on the other side that, you know, the you know, great players like you want to go your team. And like they say with that movie, any any given Sunday. 
So talking about the Browns, before we move on, um, how, how, how soon do you think it's going to take for Baker Mayfield to, to, I mean, I know you say it takes five years or whatever for a quarterback, but he's, he's playing pretty good. You know, he still has a, he's still learning, but, you know, when do you think he's going to have a, a, a winning season? I don't know. I guess it depends on who their coaches is and how they implement their defense. But he's going to struggle next year because it'll be a second year. Every rookie quarterback always struggles a second year. I mean, Dak Prescott did it. Uh, Carson Wentz did it. Uh, all of them struggle the second year because the team figured them out, you know, watching film from the year before. And, and then he'll struggle. He'll win some games, but he's going to struggle more than uh, what he did his first year. So, it's going to be his learning season, and everybody will be saying, you know, hey, maybe he wasn't what he was because he's struggling. But, you know, like they say, it takes about five years for a quarterback to. So, they'll be all right. No, Cleveland will be all right. They'll win maybe seven games again. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. So, all right, James, let's talk about your Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles at New Orleans Saints. You know, we know the Saints won 20-14. to 14. You know, the Eagles started the game off strong and easily put up 14 points in the first quarter. I mean, the very first play of the game, uh, here, here uh, Breeze threw an interception to the Eagles, and they, they got it, and they ended up turning around and scoring, scoring a, a touchdown off of it. You know, they, they brought, it back, brought it down. Um, and, then, and, and the whole game, you know, the Eagles' defense, you know, they were on point, and they held the Saints from moving the ball. You know, two things happened in this game. One, the Saints converted a first down when they faked a punt. Two, the second half, the Eagles came out flat and didn't play like they did in the first half. You know, the Saints, Saints took advantage of this. You know, do, do you think that, you know, the, the, the Eagles realized that they were in over their head at that point, or what, 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 what do you think the issue was? No, I think the Eagles took the, um, the foot off the pedal. They didn't want to be too more aggressive and, and scoring and all like that and then get you briefed a lot of times. So I think they were too conservative in trying to kill the clock and they want to get him the ball back. And by doing that, you know, they wouldn't get no first down. So Drew Brees got time to get the ball back and do what he do. So uh, that's on them, you know. They should have been still aggressive like they were in the first half. Go get them, you know, keep scoring and make Drew Brees them score, you know. But, you know, that's a coaching mistake. They learn from it. Nobody thought they'll beat the Saints anyway. So, you know, it came out to what people thought, you know. It was a close game, but uh, everybody thought they were going to get blown out and, Eagles didn't have it anywhere this year. I mean, it was winning games off, you know, Nick Poole playing real good. But that team, you know, just at the beginning of the year, they just wasn't the team they were. So they're going to regroup hopefully next year and win games at the beginning where you're not put in that position. So they'll be all right like every other team in the NFL. They'll be all right. Okay. So let me ask you this. After the game, um, Jeffrey, the one of the, the receivers, you know, so the very last play of the game, when the Eagles had the ball, uh, Foles had throw, thrown a pass to him. Um, it, it had come to him, uh, but apparently he, he put his hands up, and he, he, didn't, he didn't catch it, and it tipped off his fingers, and that's where the, the Saints had, had got an interception off of, off of that. Um, so after the game, uh, Jeffrey, he tried to take the blame for the loss. But, you know, it's more of a team loss. So, so can, can he take the blame for it, or, or, or is it just the whole team, or is it the coach, or, or what? Who, 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 who takes the blame for that? Well, like I say, it's a team game. You win together, you lose together. But he was just doing that because the reporters asked him, you know, that catch I was driving and went through your hand and steps and then killed the play with NC. So, you know, he's like, I'll take the blame, you know, of my mistake, but... You know, like um, Nick Paul said, we win the team, we lose this team. Everybody got to realize mm-hmm. that. You know, he did make that mistake. Okay, that was one loss game. Just the same thing as the kicker for the Bears. He missed that kick, and everybody like, oh, he lost it for us. No, if you didn't put him in that position where he had to make that kick to win the game, you know, a play that they should have did on defense or somehow. So, like I said, it's a team, you know, thing. You know, just because that one play seemed like that would lost the game. You know, so well, it's a team. It's a team sport. 
Yeah. Yeah, you you're right. You're right on that. So all right, so so since we're talking about the Eagles, uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, recently said Carson Wentz is a quarterback going forward, and we want to, and we would love to have Nick Foles on the roster next season. You know, next Nick Foles, he'll be a free agent <laughs> next year. Do you see him with the Eagles next season, or if not, what other team do you see him with? Well, that depends on the money. I think they can franchise him for twenty three million. I have to be paid. If he get franchised, he'll take that 22 and state. But if he have another team that I'm sure there's other team he'll start for, you know, he could, that will um, pay him. I don't know if he's a 23 million, but he'll get a good amount of money. But I could see him with Washington will take him because they ain't got no quarterback. Um, Jacksonville will be getting rid of Bortles. I don't know if they can want to draft, but he can play for Jacksonville. They got a defense. You know, there's a lot of teams, you know, he can go and if if the Giants don't pick nobody in the draft, they can get him and get rid of Eli. You know, there's several teams that, you know, he can play for and start. So he'll be all right either if he stay or if he go. Yeah, he's he's a good quarterback. I I I listened to a, a sports sports show yesterday on the radio and they were talking about this and they were talking about uh, the difference between Wentz and Foles, and they said by far, you know, Wentz has the stronger arm. He's he's more concise with the passes. You know, some people were saying, why why not just stick with Foles? Because, you know, they they say when Foles comes out, there's magic. There's magic going on with with the team. They they win. They they they're 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 together. And it's like, no, they're still together with Wentz. You know. But uh, you know, th- th- there's a big difference between the two quarterbacks, and and I, I yeah I, I I don't I don't believe that they'll be able to keep Foles. I think Foles wants to start. I I you know he stayed with them this last year because you know he wasn't going to get the contract. Now he's as a free agent, he's going to get the money in the contract. You know he's got two decent seasons. You know as far as being the backup quarterback under his belt. Um, he's been a, a starting quarterback before, but now he's got, you know, he's 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 more knowledgeable. He's he's better, um, so I I more I guess seasoned. Uh, I, I think now's the time, and you're right. There's a lot of teams. I know what we you, we talked about this before. Uh, we talked. I think you mentioned even Oakland. You know, because who knows if Oakland's going to keep Carr. You know, they're 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 having a fire sale over there. They may turn around and just get rid of everybody and start fresh. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, there's. I, I think there's a lot of viable, good teams out there that he could go and and ultimately start for, and and, and let the team have a good a good season. So, yeah, I I think there's there's something something to that. Uh, so another thing that that's kind of you know going around is, and, and I know that we talked about this the other day was. Uh, this year's Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. He has now announced that he will go into this year's NFL draft. Knowing that, you know, and basically knowing uh, that he has been drafted by the Oakland Athletics, you know, Major League, to play, you know, baseball, what reasons would he have to go into the NFL draft? Well, you got to play the sport like they say. You got to play the sport where it's heart taking. You want to play football, play football. You want to play baseball, play. Go where your heart is, you know. Make that decision and you live with it, you know. So uh, if you want to play football, let, let the man play, you know. Typically, baseball, that don't mean nothing, you know. He want to play football where his heart is, you know. So he'll okay, be where right. his heart is. Do, do you think he would, he'll, be, he'll be good? Football? I don't know. I, I don't watch them. I, like I said, you know, these quarterbacks that come up their first year, you know, it ain't much expected of them, you know, especially the team you're going to go to, the team that has a losing record. So, and like they're going to take them to the Super Bowl their first year. So, you know, he might be at the Raiders, you know. Uh, or he might be with the other sorry team and need a quarterback. I think the Giants got that ticket, man. The Giants looking for a quarterback, but they're not looking to move no quarterback to start the Giants because he's still got Eli. So, I mean, him come in, if he could sit for a year or two and learn, that's good. But if he gets thrown in by the wolves and then have a year that he really, really struggles and throws his thing off, so he'll be all right. But remember, he he's only 5'9". 
You know, and that's, that's extremely short for a quarterback. You know, he can hardly see over the line. He can hardly, you know, and, 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 and in the NFL, players are bigger. Players are bigger than they are in college. So, and stronger and, and, and more athletic. And I don't know. I just, I, I think he would have a difficult time even, even doing well in the NFL. So, but you're right. You, uh, I mean, his heart his heart is in is in football, and and you you got to do it, and and not not you know play the what if. Well, what if I did did this? You know, he's got to got to go with where. But guess we'll see what ends up happening with him. So let's take let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you know th- this weekend's ma- matchups and 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 what will happen possible matchups for the Super Bowl. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human, with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests are people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm here with former Philadelphia Eagles. NFL player James Loving. Uh, so, James, uh, before we talk about this weekend matchups, let's talk about the possible Super Bowl matchups. Okay, so there's four that four. You know, there's four teams, so there could be four possible outcomes. Um, the first one could be Chiefs versus Saints. Do you think that, that would be a good option? I think the Chiefs will get there. And Saints, um, I don't know. Um, Rams look like they got their offense back on track with their running back. So I think, you know, they, it, like I said, if they score more and kept the brakes, didn't put the brakes on the Saints, they would have lost. And the Rams could score. So I think it will be the Chiefs and the Rams. Okay. So let me ask you this: What what happens if 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 you know forbid this happen? But if it ends up being the Patriots and the Saints, I don't think people are going to watch the Super Bowl. Everybody tired of seeing the Patriots. Isn't it? Everyone's done of, with with, with uh, watching the the, the yeah. Patriots. Yeah, I think everybody. <laughs> I mean, I think I watch it because they want to see the Patriots lose again in the Super Bowl. But I think everybody be like, you know, man. 
why can't it be somebody else besides these sorry old Patriots? And the Patriots not that good. I mean, they win it. It's just not that good this year. Right, and this girl, we'll talk about that when it comes up to it. But they'll be they'll be away this weekend. So, all right. So we, we we've already seen this earlier in the earlier in the year. But Chiefs and Rams, we are, we already saw the Super Bowl game earlier this year, and we know what happened. Fifty one fifty four, it was a shootout. Yeah, that was a. And, and that if it goes again, it's gonna it's gonna happen, right? I think it won't be that high. I think they'll score 35, 38. I don't think they're going to 50 because, you know, Super Bowl, um, when they come out, if you ever watch every Super Bowl, the game is slow. You know, everybody trying to fill each other out, you know. Um, the score usually don't happen until about in the second quarter before half and third and fourth quarter. Fourth quarter when they're trying to, the other team trying to catch up, the other team trying to stay ahead, so... You know, um, Super Bowl always start off slow the first quarter. So someone better tell Patrick Mahomes that because <laughs> he, he's he's out there gunning, gunning every time. So I don't he know. <laughs> so the la- the other option would be Patriots versus the Rams. That happens, you know. Rams, like I said, they're scoring team. They got seem like they got that offense back clicking. Um, they could score, and like I said, if you could score, and another team got to play catch up, it's hard to do that. So, um, New England ain't a catch up team, you know, and score a lot. This year, I think the most they, they had two games where they scored thirty points. That was the most they scored. So they're not one of those teams that could score fifty, and the Rams can. Okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit about about all that. So. There were eight, so we know, you know, on Black Friday, there were eight teams that, that fired their coaches, so eight teams needed new head coaches. In your opinion, is it better to have a head coach that is more offensive-minded or defensive-minded? I don't know. That, that don't really matter, you know, because the coaches really don't do the coaching. They hire an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, you know, so when they say they got an offensive-minded quarterback coach, what does that mean? I mean, they got an offensive coordinator one that's calling the plays. So, you know, that kills him when they come, oh, he's more offensive. That's why they ain't, you know. That don't matter because he got an offensive coordinator one that's calling the plays. I mean, they didn't have an offensive coordinator who's calling the plays. Then he could say, you know, but it don't matter, you know. A coach is a coach, and he hired all his assistants for those positions. All he does is oversee everything, walk around. So... It don't matter with that, you know. So as far as a, a player, though, you, you you never had a preference? No. Players, I mean, like I said, the players don't deal much with the head coach. You deal with their um, position coach, and that's what they deal with, you know. But receivers deal with the wide receiver coaches, you know, most of the time. They don't never see the um, head coach come out and, hey, run this route, do that. No, he'll talk with the position coach and tell them, you know. So players, they don't bother them. Mm, okay. So another thing that that's been in the news the last couple of days is you know good old Jerry Jones, head coach, or I'm sorry, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He recently was asked why he didn't fire head coach Jason Garrett after the after their disappointing season. Okay. Jones said if Jason Garrett had been on the market two weeks ago. You know, meaning that if they would have lost to Seattle, you know, I think you, I think you're right. He would have fired him. Anyway, if he'd been on the market two weeks ago, he would have had five offers for head coaching. He said he went on to say, "I know that," and so you've got to look at the uh, what the alternative is. So, do you think Jason Garrett would have had five head coaching offers, James? I don't think head coaching. He might have been assistant coach, but I can't see nobody. Well, what this league is, I mean. You know, look at that. They fired Adam Gay from Miami. Then he get a head coaching job. With, you know, so it's kind of funny how these coaching jobs, they, you know, pick these coaches up. I mean, look at the guy from college. He got fired from his alma mater school, Texas Tech, and get a head coaching job, you know, in the NFL. Well, that make, yeah, well, he that went to what, what was it, USC? And then, yeah. and then, and then 43 days later, he got a head right. coaching job in the NFL. So, I mean, it don't make no sense. So, believe that, Jason Garrett, bind up, you know. 
Somebody probably will say, hey, look what he did to Dallas, you know, at the end of the season, turn the season around, you know. Um, let Dallas start off, you know, next year with losing two games. Um, they get rid of him. I, I know you were saying pretty much early on in the season they need to get rid of him. You know, you're you're not impressed with him. They should have got rid of him two years ago, but like you say, he won a playoff game. That was kept him. If he lost that Seattle game, he would have been out of there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that that people have been talking about, you know, if we, you know, they're reading into what Jerry was saying. He said what the alternative is, and Jerry wants a coach that basically will be his puppet, you know, <laughs> and and not a lot of not a lot of head coaches. You know, he he would have to turn around and hire somebody else that would allow him to to run the, run the team behind the scenes, um, and and not a lot of coaches will do that. You know, so Jason Garrett is 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 somebody that allows you know Jerry Jones to to manipulate him in any way he can. So I don't know, but I think you're right. I think he's he's destined to be the next fired coach and <laughs> next ex head coach of the of the Cowboys, and uh, probably probably will happen next year because you know Dallas hasn't changed their their scheme much they keep playing the same scheme from back in the 90s and and you know they haven't come up with the times and with stuff so as long as they keep doing that you know every, everyone's going to be on to them and uh they'll be out so we'll see okay James uh let's go ahead and talk about this weekend's match matchup so in the first game uh we know that it's going to be uh, the L.A. Rams is going to play at the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, you you talked a little bit about, you know, what what would happen. Well, one thing I want to say is all four of these teams that are that are in the, in the the these final games are the best scoring teams of the NFL. They're they're the top scoring teams of the NFL. You know, this should make for some ex- exciting games. You know, but <laughs> it all depends, of course, on what defense happens. So, all right. Go ahead. Let's talk about the L.A. Rams as New Orleans Saints. Like I said, it's going to be about 38-35 game. You know, either team, if, like I said, Drew Brees gets hot, he could score, or the Rams. So it could go either way, but that will be the score. It won't be no 51 game point, you know, because um, New Orleans ain't been playing that well to score 51. And uh, the Rams have just discovered, you know, running game that they got two running backs to. So, It'll be a good game, uh, scoring game, you know. Uh, but, you know, I think Rams will squeak it out. You think the Rams are, you think the Rams are going to win? Yep. All right, I'm marking you down on that one. So, in order to win, what do the Rams need to do? Do what they did last week, run the ball, and they'll get that run game 200. I mean, they just get 100 from one back, you know, then that pass game will open, and, you know, Jared Goff will do what he do. So, just got to get that run game going. Uh, back got to be over 100, and if they're over 100, they'll win. If he's not, they're going to lose because they got to go to the passing game. Okay. What do the Saints need to do to win? Same thing. They got a running back. They got two great running backs. Um, they got to get them running to do reap and do play action. They got a great receiver. Um, they've been doing good all year. So they just got to get um, that run game so they can do, you know, hold those linebackers uh, with play fake and, and then that receiver will get open and boom, it's over with. You know, and you know how Drew Brees is. He's a great passer. Um, I'm almost right. at MVP this year. So if they can do that, um, like I said, both teams it depends on their run game because that will open up their passing game um, a lot more than just trying to pass. And then whatever team do have a run game going, the other team going to go straight to passing because they're going to be behind. So, All right. I mean, so what happens if – do you think the Rams can control so – and you're talking about Saints receiver Michael Thomas who – I think in was it week nine, um, he he 
basically caught the ball for like 200-some yards and, and, a, and a touchdown. It was just crazy and, and just totally just yeah, threw them off kilter. Um, so, so do you think that, uh, that, that the Rams can focus on, on Thomas and, and, and get him so that he's not getting the ball, or, or is Thomas just too good for most teams? No, I think they're going to focus on stopping the run. Because it's common, like I say, you know, you don't have that player that's going to get there, you know. And once, you know, you, you just let that person get there, but if you can stop the other, you know, uh, then you're good. Like when Michael Jordan, they're like, hey, he's going to score 45. Let's just let him get in 45. But stop him from letting other people get, you know, points, and that's how we'll win. So Thomas to get his, and like you said, they stopped that run game. Then they can double um, Thomas and then take him away, and that's how they'll win. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think it's the opposite. I, I, I think that the Rams got to focus on stopping Thomas, you know, and and then then they can then they can worry about the stopping the run. But if they can stop Thomas, then I, I think they got a good chance of of winning winning the game. So. I guess we'll see. Well, let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's 2019 and the revolution is kicking off the new year with legendary outdoorsman Michael Waddell, co-host of the all-new original series Booger Bottom USA on Outdoor Channel. They'll dive into vital conservation efforts, proper firearm safety, subsistence hunting, and why it's essential to stick to our American outdoor roots. Jim and Trav's hunting celebration discussion is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. And I have with me former NFL player James Loving. So, James, um, the last game we want to talk about this weekend is the New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, two things. Uh, they played in week six, uh, and the Patriots actually won 43-40, to 40, you know, back in week six. Um, the, the other thing that, that's going on is we've seen, you know, Brady's uh, – Oh, you know the the team the team doesn't win very well when they're on the road. So those two things together, you know, how's that going to work out for this weekend? Well, we can look at that with New England because in the playoffs, you know, they always seem to make it to the Super Bowl. You know, that's how they are. They're more. They've been there. Um, no idea to play them in the playoffs. So it's going to be a tough game for Kansas City. On paper, Kansas City looked like the better team. Like I say, New England been in this position so many times, you know, and just 
always feel like, God, there's Super Bowl again. So that's what you got to be afraid of with that game. You know, it can go up or down. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, that I was looking at the injury report, there's not a lot of devastating injuries on either team, so that shouldn't play, you know, a big thing. But it's it's going to be, again, another one of those offensive scoring games, you know. Do you see it going as high in the 40s as it was last time? No, I don't see it be often because uh, New England ain't got that type of offense, you know. Um, the score like that. I think last week playoff was the most I've seen them really score, but they're not that team like they used to be that can just go and score 40, 50 points at will. You know, um, Tom Brady getting a little older. Gromp is, you know, not what he used to be, so it ain't explosive like he is. So I think New England try and keep it low scoring for them and, you know, try and uh, run the clock down, not let the ball be in, um, like you say, Patrick Mahorn hands a lot because he's going to sling it. But um, if it do get carried away, I think um, Kansas City will score 40.41, New England 28. So I have you down for the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Patriots this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of the things that they keep talking about is this is going to be the eighth consecutive trip to the AFC Championship game for New England. <laughs> and 13, the 13th in Brady's 17 seasons. That's a lot. That's a lot of times making it to the AFC Championship game. So, and, and, yeah. I, and I agree that that's, that's almost too much where, you know, that's all, all you're seeing. So, <laughs> it'd be so nice to get them knocked out of there. Um, anyway, so there's a couple of little things that I want to I want to talk to you about. One of it is uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They just got through hiring John DeFi- John DeFilippi, uh DeFilippo, excuse me. He wa- recently was the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator, and now you know he's he's going to see the same position with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, and 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 he did he did okay with uh, with what he had in Minnesota. Do you think he's going to be able to turn Jacksonville around if they if they have anyone but but Bortles in there? Well, you got to look at why did he move? I mean, he was on a great team that two years ago that she won the Super Bowl. The offense was a high ranking one last year. This year they got uh, what's the bum name uh, quarterback for Minnesota. Oh, oh uh, from hey. from Washington, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't yeah, think of the name, but yes. I understand that move because Kate Keaton took you to where he didn't lose the game for you. So if he's going to another team to take the same position he had there, you know that tells you something must not been right in Minnesota. You know, so for him to move and you know go to Jacksonville where you know they know they need a quarterback. You know, so it's almost like him starting over because if you do get a veteran or you're going to get one in the draft, a young, you know, the young guy. So it's like him starting all over. So I didn't understand that only unless there was something going on in Minnesota that he wanted out of there. So I don't see them. You know, the defense was horrible. Jacksonville, they supposed to have the number one defense the year before, but that's explainable yeah. because look at Philly. You know, they ran through everybody that year. I mean, this year they look horrible. Yeah, um, yeah. You got to see what quarterback he gets. You know, that's that, that's what I was saying. Anyone but Portals, as far as being a quarterback. And it should be it should be interesting. I, I think. I mean, granted, they got rid of a few of their receivers, their receiving core. But you know, if they groom groom enough receivers, there's always enough coming out, and they should be do all right. So, and you're right about their, they've always had this great defense. I've always admired admired their defense up until this year. This year, I was like, what happened? What happened to them? So, it's like the whole team just obliterated on themselves. So, anyway. Um, the other thing, I, I know we've been talking about Antonio Brown, um, but Bruce Arians, you know, he's now the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers head coach. And back when uh, when, when uh, uh, Brown was drafted uh, by the, the Steelers, uh, Arian was their offensive coordinator. Um, and he said that, you know, that 
Antonio Brown is now different than when he was a rookie. You know, he said back then he was the hardest working. He and Emmanuel Sanders, boy, you know, they went after 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 it because, you know, I guess uh, head coach Mike Tomlin used to tell him two dogs, one bone, and they used to battle back and forth all the time. And now Antonio, he just thinks he's it. And at this point, Arians just pretty much classified him as too much diva. You know, so knowing that probably he's going to be you know, last year was his last year was his last time with the Steelers. You know, what what team would want to deal with Antonio Brown, knowing that he's trying to be a diva? You know, it's almost the same thing that happened with uh, Des Pres that or Des Bryant. You know, no one wanted to deal with him anymore. Pray for him. You know, somebody's going to pick him up because they feel. They can, you know, we can control him, and he's a great player. You know, your Broncos didn't talk right now to get him. So, <laughs> well, you, but you, you, you know why though? You, you, do you know why? You know, the, apparently they're, they're the offensive coordinator, Mochilla um, or something like that, I think, is, he, he's up for the, head, for the head there, for the offensive coordinator. He was with the, with the, the Patriots. So, you know, if, if, if he comes. Um, if, if they do bring him on as offensive coordinator, you know, he'll know how to deal with Antonio. Um, I, I don't think that uh, Mike Tomlin knew how <laughs> and, and, and didn't know what to do. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the only, uh, that may be the only, only way is, is people that are familiar with him, you know, that know, will know how to handle him. But it'll be crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. I, I just don't see the Broncos paying as much for him because they, they wouldn't pay much for a quarterback. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't get it. So anyway, well, that's it for this week. Uh, you go ahead and have a great week. Um, hopefully some good things happen for you. Everyone's listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, we do have a guest. Uh, we have uh, um, um, Nesby Glasgow. He was former NFL player. He's supposed to be on with us next week. So uh, hopefully everyone listens back in. Have a great week, and we'll be back. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. We'll be right back.